Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Other Side of Midnight presents Commendations. Our very first commendation, which is unfortunately a posthumous commendation for the immortal Terry Funk. I was a huge Terry Funk fan. And uh, I spoke about Terry Funk when he was diagnosed with uh, dementia a year or two ago, and I played some of the clips from the uh, behind the the, uh, the beyond the mat documentary that chronicles really one either how tough Terry Funk was or how insane Terry Funk was. And there, first of all, he was a second generation wrestler. His father, Dory Funk Senior, was an incredible wrestler. His brother, Dory Funk Junior was a great wrestler. We could do a whole show just about Terry Funk, who passed away at the age of 79. Terry Funk not only was a world champion, an NWA world champion, he wore, you you know that ridiculous championship belt that Tyrus wears on the Fox News channel? Terry Funk actually wore that belt when it meant something. But in in any event... He not only was a star in multiple different promotions, ECW, NWA, WWF, WCW, Japan, but he mastered, and I I know people think, oh, wrestling's fake, what what does it matter? He mastered so many different styles of wrestling, and people are lucky if they can master one style of wrestling. A, a guy like Mick Foley, for instance, Cactus Jack, who was a tag team champion with Terry Funk. He, what do you know Mick Foley for? You know him as a hardcore wrestler. He would, you know, he would take chair shots, he would do incredible stunts, but that's what he did. Terry Funk was a great technical wrestler, a great grappler, and an incredibly strong guy. And um and a great extreme wrestler, a hardcore wrestler. I mean, the guy was just an inc- he was the definition of a a journeyman wrestler that had done it all. He he tried to retire many times, couldn't do it. His wrestling career, and if you see the kind of bumps that he took, it's really incredible to think about. His wrestling career lasted a half a century. A half a century. Now, the um, the other sad news that came out on Thursday is that there was a younger wrestler who is a former world champion as well by the name of Bray Wyatt that passed away. I have to tell you, I don't think I ever saw Bray Wyatt wrestle, unlike Terry Funk. I was never really a fan of Bray Wyatt just because he came about in an era where I wasn't really watching wrestling. But he was the son of a wrestler that I, I do have a lot of respect for, Mike Rotundo. And he's the nephew of one of my favorite wrestlers, a guy that I talked about on the radio repeatedly, Barry Windham. He was a third-generation wrestler. Blackjack Mulligan was his grandfather. Um, Mike Rotunda was his father. And here he was as a world champion himself. 
So I don't know anything about his career. I can't speak to what kind of wrestler he was, but or what kind of person he was. But what's the shame of it is, I, I turned on wrestling Friday night until my wife made me turn it off because there were scary images of him wearing some deathly masks. The moving and tragic part about this is the guy was only 36 years old and he left behind, I think, two little kids. So it was uh, his real name was Wyndham Rotunda, I guess, named for his Uncle Barry Wyndham. But you see these pictures of him with his his wife and his family. It's just it's just Really, really sad. So I don't know much about him as a wrestler, but sad to see anybody go that young. You'd much rather see people die at 99 or 100 than at 36 or 37. It's really sad. All right. A lot of other commendations among the living. I must commend Stella Weaver. Stella Weaver is the 22nd girl to play in the Little League World Series. She's playing for Tennessee, doing a great job. Girls have played in the Little League World Series for the last 40 years since uh, Victoria Roach broke the glass ceiling in 1984. But Stella Weaver has just uh, is 12 years old, and she is a standout for this Tennessee team. And she has now broken the record for most... Hits by a girl in the Little League World Series. So uh, a tremendous accomplishment, and I, I love that. Love seeing girls play baseball. And uh, if I ever have a daughter, I hope she plays baseball, and I hope she hits as well as Stella Weaver. I want to commend Govi. Is there anything that this this family of drugs can't do? Wegovi is part of this whole family of new drugs, which they predict is going to be the best-selling drugs of all time. We've talked about them, Ozempic and these other drugs. It's uh, they call them semaglutides, and we it's shown incredible promise in helping people with diabetes. It's shown incredible promise in helping people with obesity. Then we learn it helps people with other addictions like alcoholism, maybe even drug use, gambling addiction. Well, now there's a new study out that shows that Wegovi produces the largest benefit ever seen, ever seen, for patients with the, with the most common form of heart failure. So Wegovi actually helps prevent heart failure, at least according to this particular study. If Half of this ends up being true, and people don't end up having losing their kidneys by taking this. This is the definition of a miracle drug. It seems like this does everything. No one of these drug companies are investing billions to make trillions. I want to commend the city of Portland, Portland, Oregon. Uh, Portland, Oregon is apparently the coolest city in America. Beltway Insider looked at a range of factors from the number of microbreweries to the rate of record stores to discover the coolest cities, and Portland was awarded the top spot in part because it is home to a whopping 110 record stores, 188 microbreweries, and uh, 301 tattoo studios behind only New York City in the tattoo department. I have never been to Portland, but uh, I 
may check it out. My wife used to love that uh, television show, Portland, with Fred Armisen. I saw one episode. It was funny. Oh, by the way, um, for those of you who are interested in hearing more of my interview with Bob Barker, I just linked to it. Don't listen now, but when I'm off the air, you can listen to it. I linked to the first interview that we did back in May of 2013. So if you want to go back and listen, you can. That's on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash MoranoFan. Throughout the day, I'll, I'll share some other clips of our other interviews um, on that same Facebook page. So you want to check it out, facebook.com slash MoranoFan. I want to commend Joseph Walter. He is a lottery winner. And this is exactly the kind of guy that I love seeing win the lottery. He's a postal worker, and you know of my fondness for the post office. I love the post office. But he is chalking up his $717,500 lottery win to a lucky kitten rescue. He is a Tacoma delivery man, and he arrived at work to pick up mail and packages for delivery when he heard the cries of a trapped kitten. He couldn't determine the kitten's location, but when Walder returned the following day to hear more meowing, he managed to locate the kitten who was trapped in a tight space. So he tucked into the black and white kitten with peach-colored cheeks He tucked the kitten into his sweatshirt and let it nap for the remainder of his shift. So this successful rescue had Walder feeling like he was on a hot streak. So the delivery man decided to stop by a convenience store on his way home for a hit five lotto ticket. He said, I'm having a lucky day. Maybe I should buy a lottery ticket. A few days later, he checked the ticket with his wife, learned that he landed a windfall raking in $717,500. So that is the exactly the kind of thing that I love to see happen. Absolutely love to see it. All right. Um, I want to commend melatonin. Researchers unveiled the uh, intricate mechanisms through which melatonin enhances memory. Oh, my. This is a little different than what we've heard previously. They investigated how melatonin and its derivatives influence the levels of key memory proteins, and by focusing on male mice, they found specific compounds facilitate the formation of long-term memory by modulating certain proteins in your in in the in my, mouse's brain. So, research results showed that melatonin promotes long-term memory formulation by mo- modulating these proteins. So, multiple studies have demonstrated the memory-enhancing effects of melatonin. And its derivatives in animal models. Here's one more. Okay. I want to commend India. I mentioned this a little bit on uh, Thursday morning in our international news roundup. But I think this bears repeating and further recognition. India has made space history by becoming the fourth nation in history to reach the surface of the moon. So this was a lunar touchdown 47 years in the making nobody's done it in nearly five decades but india has become the fourth nation in the world in the history of the world to reach the surface of the moon so that is wonderful wonderful i'm all for more space exploration and i know a lot of these countries are doing it 
not for scientific reasons or altruism or, you know, for the sake of exploration. They're doing it because they want to make money. There's a thought that uh, there could be a lot of financial benefit to going back to the moon. And look, if that gets, if that's what jumpstarts the international space programs again, let's do it. Let them make money. I want to commend both reading and organized sports. A study out, a Finnish study published in the Scandinavian Journal of Medicine and Science, it shows that reading and sports is far more beneficial to children's intelligence than video games. I am really hoping to foster a love of reading in my son. We read to him all the time, and I hope he does get into sports. The way he's throwing things, certainly he seems like he's got a good arm, but uh, sometimes the boys on our block, they'll sit outside, outside on a beautiful day, and some of them will sit with their iPad playing these video games on an iPad. And sometimes the parents will tell me, oh, it's educational, it's educational. Maybe it is. But I don't allow Carmine to do that. You know, and not that he has one, but he will he will try and sit with them and watch them as they play these video games on their iPad. I said, no, Carmine, come over here. And, um, you know, maybe that's the right way to be. Maybe it's the wrong way to be. Maybe I'm denying him some great educational lesson that he'd be learning on this iPad. But uh, this study from the Finns leads me to think that maybe we're doing the right thing by not letting him play these uh, video games. I want to commend Congressman Patrick McHenry, Republican of North Carolina, who did more than his normal legislative duties last week when he helped a colleague's daughter as she was choking. Congressman Mike Lawler, a Republican from New York, explained how McHenry saved his 15-month-old daughter when she started choking on her food. So Patrick McHenry was headlining an event for Lawler that night, and he actually got to her and scooped out the food. So that is very nice. Lawler joked that he has become the favorite congressman in the Lawler household, even and especially among his wife. So that's that's very nice. Um, but And... It has nothing to do with it being Mike Lawler's daughter. You save any 15-month-old from choking. I think that's a great thing. I want to commend Ami Jewel, a five-year-old boy in Seattle who is showing that there's no barrier to entry for disaster relief. He has raised over $17,000 for the victims of the Maui wildfires by selling lemonade. He opened a lemonade stand, and he... Raised over $17,000 for the Maui wildfire victims. I think that is really impressive. And finally, I want to commend James Dannon, a first officer with American Airlines, worked with American Airlines for 30 years. He flew halfway around the world to reunite a nine-year-old girl with her beloved lost doll. I mean, this is great. Beatrice is an American girl doll. And um, she her flight home saw her reunited with her loving owner, nine-year-old Valentina Dominguez, who was left devastated after losing the doll on a similar trip a month before. So returning to Plano, Texas from a family trip in Japan, 
Valentina and her parents frantically search through the luggage, trying to find her best friend, but to no avail. Her father reasoned they must have lost her at the airport, or perhaps even left her on the plane. So they put on social media this whole situation. Then a friend alerts another friend who alerts a neighbor who alerts American Airlines first officer of 30 years, James Dannon. And uh, describing his readiness to help others as something that's just in his nature, he got in contact with the lost and found staff at Turkish Airlines, was directed at their work to their workers at Haneda Airport in Tokyo, who had by that time found Beatrice. And then it took Dannon two trips to finally get a hold of Beatrice, gets a hold of Beatrice, and brings the doll back to Texas. Guy really went out of his way for this little girl. And uh, I absolutely love seeing stories like that.